Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in the Twin Cities, it's time for Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio. Now, here's your host. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Minneapolis-St. Paul Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and uh, folks, this is going to be a good one. Julie Keys is with us. Key Strategies is her firm. She's the founder and president. Julie, welcome. Thank you, John. Great to be here. I appreciate you having me on the show. Hey, it's great to have you. Let's uh, talk a little bit about you and how you're serving folks out there. Yeah. Well, first, I just want to congratulate you for getting this show off the ground in you know my hometown. Um, like I said before, when we first started talking about it, we don't really have anything like this in the Twin Cities. And these kinds of resources for business owners, I believe, are essential, especially now. And so kudos for you to you with you and your whole team. So thank you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Thank you. It's great. Yeah. And um, as far as I go, I'm a a consultant, I guess you could call me. I launched my business 11 years ago and basically been an entrepreneur my whole life. Um, Prior to becoming a consultant, I owned several companies um, over the course of 23 years with employees and locations and things like that. And then went through my own transition and then started consulting and um, uh, start, I guess you could say that I was a business coach before I became an exit planner. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so in 2015, uh, prior to that, I should say about a year prior to that, I started doing some seminars for um business owners who were of the age where they really needed to start planning their transition. And so I learned about the exit planning Institute and I became certified as an exit planner. And so now what I do is I work with uh, privately held business owners to help them grow and improve and plan a transition that um, means they can exit on their own terms and not someone else's. And then when in my free time, when I'm not working with business owners, I also I have a podcast show that I host that I can't wait to have you on, John. Thank you. And I authored a book, and I also do a lot of speaking and teaching and some online coursework as well. So I've got a full plate, but it's really fun. Yeah, I was going to ask about when you have free time, but we'll <laughs> – but uh, uh, mention the name of your podcast because I've I've listened to several episodes. It's really good, folks. I highly recommend it, but mention the name there, Julie. Thank you. It's called Poised for Exit. Poised for Exit dot uh, com is the website. You can get any episode that you want, and there, you know, all the episodes are featured on all the major, major podcast platforms like yours are. So, yeah, I'd love to have people join us. Yeah, yeah, and again, folks, you, you, you need to, if you don't if you're not aware of that show, you need to check it out. Julie's got a great uh, great thing going there. Um, so, I'm I'm just curious about your history. I mean you you've been there, done that, entrepreneur, and what really made you passionate about exit planning? That's a really good question. Um, It wasn't just because I started acquiring clients of that age, like I had just alluded to. Um, I also didn't go through the best transition myself. Mm. And it was kind of a trifecta of, of things that were going on. My marriage was ending and I happened to be a partner with uh, my husband who we owned several companies together. So we had to transition out. And I didn't realize the, the importance of having really good um, advisory, outside advisory, people that actually understand and know 
what exit and transition planning is. And I didn't know that, you know, that where when we talk about business owners and where we can get caught up because you and I are both business owners, Mm -hmm. most of the people listening are probably business owners where we get caught up, I think, is in that realm of what we don't know that we don't know. When we don't know what questions to ask, that's where we can get into a whole lot of trouble because it doesn't even occur to us to ask those questions. And I, I look back and I go, that's kind of me. And I learned a lot through becoming certified, but I've learned even more in working with business owners of you know various industries, various sizes, and their different situations that they're facing. Some are family business, some are not. Some are going internal, some are going external. But I think that what we all have in common is that we have a whole lot of responsibility, and many times we have nights that we don't sleep very well. And so I really believe that my role as an exit planner is not only to help my clients exit on their own terms, like I said before, but also to enjoy the journey because they may not be, you know, like ready to go. Maybe they've got five years left or 10 years left and, and they just want to enjoy that. And they just having that outside perspective, that outside advice is everything. And, and I wish that I would have had more of that. And I didn't. So now I'm trying to do what I can to help owners make fewer mistakes, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and th- one of the things you teach is there's a whole process for exit planning. And that in and of itself is a problem for business owners. They don't have a process for exit planning, right? Right. Well, they, they don't even know that there's a process. And, and unfortunately, many times their advisors don't know the process. Mm-hmm. You know, say, for instance, the, the accountant uh, tends to be the most trusted advisor when you ask a business owner because we've done surveys and the survey generally um, proves that the accountant is or the CPA is the most trusted advisor on their team. But many times the accountant only knows their role in the transition planning process or exit planning process. And I'm going to distinguish between exit and transition in a little bit. Okay. So don't, let, don't let me forget. Okay. Um, but, but they don't understand necessarily where all the other advisors come into play and, and who coordinates all of that. So when we talk about the process of exit planning, we're not only talking about coordinating the exit planning team, you know, the attorneys, the financial advisor, the CPA, and some of the other advisors that could be a part of that, which we could go into if we have time later. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the business owner shouldn't have to worry about that. If they have good advisors that know what they're doing, then they don't need to take their foot off the gas and 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 not and stop running their business so that they can get their exit planning going. Um, there's a distinction in exit planning as well between owner readiness and business readiness. And that's another nuance that many advisors and owners are not aware of. So there's a difference. In other words, there's a difference between me as a business owner saying, I am ready. I am so ready to be done. I'm so ready to get out. And quite frankly, there are a lot of owners that are saying that right now. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they're ready as owners. Mm-hmm. And it also doesn't mean that they're ready as um, for their business. Right. So the business readiness aspect is strategic planning and implementation, leadership development, key person retention, those kinds of things. On the owner readiness side, we're talking about as much risk mitigation as possible. And that happens through a series of, you know, discovery assessments and 
things that we do to get to know the owner and what they have in place and what they don't. Um, from a legal standpoint, from a financial standpoint, life planning, all of those things. So hopefully that answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot to it. You know what I mean? There's really a lot to it. Yeah. Uh, uh, wow. I mean, uh, I'm holding on for dear life here. I mean, a lot to, a lot to unpack there. But one of the things I, that you said there that uh, strikes me is it seems that a lot of business owners think uh, kind of default to exit planning being a value of a company, a, you know, a, a financial transaction, how much do I need to retire? And, and you're addressing some things that are highly personal. I mean, that, that really are emotional, psychological. Um, where am I in my head as an owner? Um, did I get that right? Yeah, you really did. And you're absolutely right. In fact, most advisors approach an exit planning process purely from a financial standpoint. But there's so much more to it than that. In fact, some business owners will even derail their own deal, their own transaction, because, and they don't even realize they're doing it. It's almost subliminal Mm. uh, because they can't imagine life without their business. So it's a hugely emotional um, situation. And it isn't just about the money. Of course, even sometimes even when owners have enough money, they don't think they have enough money. And that could be because they don't have a good relationship with a financial planner who's helped them understand that they're going to be okay. And that's a paramount relationship that many times is missing. A lot of business owners have all their eggs in that one basket of the business. So they're not necessarily diversified, but having a plan ahead of time is, is essential. And it really helps them sleep better at night for sure. Um, because that, that emotional component of, of moving on. I, I went through it myself, even as a female, this isn't just a male thing. You know, you, it's kind of like your baby and, mm. you know, and handing the baby off to someone else when you've grown it from nothing is, uh, can be a difficult thing, especially if you don't have anything like um, to look forward to. Um, for example, some of the events that, that I've um, co-organized in the twin cities over the last few years with an emphasis on exit planning, um, we've brought in other business owners to sit on panels, talk about their experience. And one particular owner, when we asked about their af- life after business experience, I'll never forget what he said. He said, if you sell your business and you have no reason to set your alarm in the morning, the day after the closing, you're going to be very sad about that. You're going to really regret it. He goes, you really got to have a plan before you sell, um, what's your reason to get up in the morning? He said, it took me a long time. I really struggled. I really regretted selling. I didn't have anything to do. I was bored. I was lonely. I was angry. I mean, all these emotions, sad. Um, so that was a lesson learned for him. And I thought it was a great lesson for him to pass on because that really is a big problem. Yeah. Wow. Um, uh, for sure. Now, let's get back to some definitional terms that I want uh, uh, because mm-hmm. we want to make sure we're clear on that. So we've got the term exit transition mm-hmm. succession. Let's, right. l- let's define those. Sure. So when we talk about transition, um, transition is kind of a, kind of a broader, more broad term for something happening within your business. Like 
if you've got partners that you'd like to buy out or that who want to buy you out, but the company is going to continue, you know, in the name of some of the owners, that's a transition. If you decide that you want to grow your business and you decide to acquire another company, that's a transition. You merge with another company, that's a transition. Okay, those are all transitions. You're bringing in family members to groom as successors, that's a transition. And succession planning, um, most of the time, in, uh, um, refers to a, a family business where there's um, you know a younger generation that's going to be taking over for an older generation. And that succession has to do with making sure that that successor has the leadership skills and the technical skills to be able to run the business and, um, and, and gain the respect of the people that are already in the business. That's another whole matter and another whole conversation, but really that's what we mean by succession planning. And then uh, at least from my standpoint, not necessarily another advisor, they may think of it differently Mm -hmm. um, when it comes to just overall exit planning and then exit itself is a form of transition. So if I'm going to exit my business, I'm transitioning out of it. And and how I decide to exit is um, what we're trying to shoot for here is to give the business owner, to help the business owner realize what their options are and expand them if possible so that they can have the best possible outcome. The last thing that anybody ever wants is to be backed into a corner and have no options. Mm-hmm. Right? You got one way out. That's horrible. After you just spent most of your life building this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Making a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. Now you, you've really uh, turned a light on for me here about um, the term transition, because what, what strikes me is other than that final transition of selling the business that you have numerous types of transitions that help build the company toward the final transition. Did I get that? Exactly. And there's a lot of different forms that it can take. There are different paths you can take for those Mm -hmm. kinds of transitions. But even if it's not a big transition, right? Even if it's not, I'm buying out my partner or they're buying me out or Mm -hmm. I'm bringing in, you know, my son to, to help me run the business and eventually take over. Those are larger transitions, right? Mm -hmm. But there's still transitions that occur. Um, Say for instance, you've expanded, your product or service line. You've expanded your geographical locations. Um, You've taken on um, a new business model. Those are all, right, transitions, and they affect everybody. So having a plan is kind of essential. And given the different types of transitions that there are um, that that have a kind of a wide scope, uh, if you will, that really explains why you're talking about when you put a team together, it's more than one person, more than one discipline, mm-hmm. uh, right? I mean, that's, did, did I get that? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, the team is uh, one of the most important aspects of a successful business exit or transition. And I can't emphasize that more. Now, I'll just say you know, write out that as an exit planner, I'm not always part of the team. You know, sometimes the business owner isn't aware of someone like me who provides the kind of service that I do to get the business ready, get the owner ready, coordinate the team. Sometimes they um, are in a hurry and they don't feel like, you know, they have the time to be able to do do that, do that kind of work 
with someone on the outside as a consultant, um, I can still provide value. But if there isn't a lot of time, then, you know, when that happens, that means that something has happened, right? There's been a triggering event. There's mm. been a death or a divorce or a disability or a disaster or something like that. We call them the five D's. And um, so when the business owner has that team, the financial advisor, the accounting firm, CPA firm, um, the attorney, especially a business attorney, and then, of course, an estate planning attorney. Those are your basic team members on the outside that have to be able to collaborate. they got to be able to work together. Now, we don't want uh, advisors giving the business owner conflicting advice because that can happen. And someone has to quarterback, and it should not be the business owner. So for anyone out there listening who is thinking about uh, transitioning from their business, exiting from their business, make sure that your advisors talk to each other. And that, again, is not your job. And someone has to lead the charge. If you don't have someone like me as a part of it uh, to take care of that for you, then you need to have someone do that for you. Now, some of the other people that can be a part of that conversation, um, your banker is an important part of that conversation because if you're going to be selling your business whether it's internal or external, and and you want to be able to provide them with some information on financing your business or just for you to kind of get educated on, you know, how would someone finance my business? Talking to your banker is, is, a, is a smart thing to do, especially if you own a smaller company. When I say smaller, I say, you know, somewhere between 10 million a year in revenue and less, maybe even 5 million a year and less, because then you're t- probably talking about SBA financing. And it's very important to understand what SBA financing requires so that you know if your business is lendable. And I say go to your banker because they know your business better than anybody else would, right? And half the underwriting has to do with how well groomed your business is and ready and lendable. So that's one really important person too. Your insurance agent is another one. Um, If you're a family business, sometimes you need a family business counselor. So... Do you work with businesses to put that team together? I mean, maybe a business owner has got their attorney, they've got their CPA, but they really don't have the the, the needed parts, or maybe they don't know the other uh, team members that they need. You're absolutely right, and the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I have a very large network of professional advisors from different disciplines because that is part of my job. And even if they have an established relationship, say, with um, someone in, you know, in the accounting field, but, but maybe that advisor isn't necessarily um, equipped to be able to help with exit planning, then, then that, that relationship is super important. They have to maintain that relationship because they're going to need it past the closing, right? Mm-hmm. But bringing someone else in to work alongside that CPA or accountant that is schooled in succession planning and exit planning is super helpful because you've got someone who's seasoned, knows the business well, and then you bring someone else in. They work together to help the owner, again, have that best possible outcome. And if they don't have a relationship at all with a certain advisor, then I will definitely make uh, introductions because we want to make sure that it goes well. um, And you know that those people are going to be the best at their craft because anybody I introduce is a reflection on me. Right. So I'll make sure that, that they're the best of the best. And one of the people that I introduce probably more often than not is 
an investment banker or a business broker. And I think that that particular relationship sometimes can be confused um, in terms of the owner thinking they don't need to establish that until the time comes when they're ready to sell. And then they should start meeting people. I say start that relationship well in advance um, because when you've got that relationship established, that advisor knows your business and then knows what you're looking for so that if opportunity knocks, they know who to call. And if they don't know you and they don't know anything about your business, then you're going to lose the opportunity. Um, uh, Conversely, if something happens, you know, say for instance, you can't work for a while and you just decide, I really got to sell. You already have that relationship. You just call and say, all right, let's just get started. So um, again, that's a really important relationship in, in the team. Now, this may be a dumb question, but I'm, I'm good at asking dumb questions. So well, been pretty good so far. Yeah, um, but other than as a business owner, I, I'm tired and I'm just ready to make a change in my life. Other than that situation, how do I know as a business owner that it's time to sell the business? I mean, are there situations where I really can't see the forest for the trees and I really need someone like you to come in and say, you know what, (laughs) it's really time to execute a few transitions on the way to a sale? Mm -hmm. Well, Outside perspective is really important because it does help you to see things that you don't see yourself, which Mm -hmm. you just said. And, you know, for me, I have my own outside advisory. I have to, because I can't, I can't see everything. I'm too close to, I need someone on the outside to say, well, what about this? You know, what about that? Ask some really good questions that make me think. And, and for a business owner to, um, to kind of think about what the future could look like, sometimes it's a matter of, going through a process of elimination in their mind about what they know that they don't want. Okay. So many times I'll ask an owner, well, when do you think you'd like to move on? Do you have an idea of what your timeline is? So many times they say they don't know. I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about what you don't want. What do you really not want to happen? And then we start, that's, that's much easier. And then you can almost back into some scenarios that could be possible. Mm. And then we go through more discovery, more work, and then a path is chosen. And then once we have a path then we know exactly who needs to be involved and we're getting people involved anyway, but while we're going through that path, that's when the owner is really thinking about what could be next. Some owners want to be out altogether. Some want to be out over time and some just want to die with their boots on. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with staying engaged until you're done. It, it, there's nothing wrong with it. What we really try to do, though, is take off all of that liability and responsibility, or at least some of it. Mm-hmm. And you can still own the business and not work in it. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. For That's sure. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let's, let's dive a little deeper into um, – how you work with a client and what a client can expect. Maybe you can share a story or two uh, that, that illustrate the good work you do. Sure. All right. Um, One story was a, an internal sale 
So a female owner from several years ago, and she decided she wanted to sell the business. We'd been working together for about four years. And during that period of time, I became an exit planner. So this was a while back. Um, And during that time, I said, you know, I'm kind of noticing as we've been working together, you're starting to feel a little less engaged. And I'm sensing that you kind of want to move on to the next thing. And she wasn't old by any stretch. She had plenty of years left, but she agreed that she was really ready to move on and do something else. She'd been owning and running the business for 15 years. She bought it from the founder. She was ready to pass it on. She'd been grooming her operations manager to take over. And so over a period of time, got him ready and ended up selling it to him. And then she moved on to become a consultant and uproot and move to a southern state where she always wanted to live. And so through that process of thinking about what could be next and what could life be like, um, she really, you know, kind of took that seriously. You know, so many times I think that we don't think big enough. We don't give ourselves permission to be able to fulfill our dreams. And why not? Mm. Not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's a really great, um, and she's happy. She's so happy and she loves her work and she loves where she lives. Mm. So life is really good for her. And then, uh, another story would be an external sale. Um, unfortunately, uh, this particular person came to me, um, referred by another advisor came to me because her husband had had a stroke and was the um, main operator of the business. They owned it together, but she had other professional work that she did. So she really wasn't involved in it at all, but he couldn't work the business anymore. And the prognosis that they had given him didn't you know, come to fruition. After a couple of years of therapy, they're just like, no, he's not going to be able to go back to work. So during that time, she was running it herself. Mm. And between running that and taking care of him, it was really, really getting to be taxing. So by the time we met, she was really um, frazzled, I think is probably the best word. And so, you know, little by little, we went through the process. I talked to her about her advisors. We met with all of her advisors individually so I could get to know them. Um, We brought in a couple of advisors that she didn't have relationships with already. One of them was an investment banker, and they just did a fantastic job of getting her business ready along with me. And um, she ended up with, I'm trying to remember the number, it was some unbelievable number of non-disclosure agreements. I think it was in the 20s. Like Most of the time, you don't have that many letters, or I'm sorry, a non-disclosure agreement signed from Mm. interested parties that would want to buy your business, but she did. And, and out of all of those non-disclosure agreements, she had 10 letters of intent from 10 people, 10 companies that wanted to buy her business. And she ended up selling it to um, the, the publicly traded company. Wow. Yeah. For six times EBITDA, um, which isn't a huge multiple, but she was a small company. You know, they were under 10 million in revenue, um, but six times EBITDA and it was a cash deal no earn out. Um, she ended up uh, with a six month contract to just consult whenever she, you know, on her own time, basically. So it was a really great deal. She, she did come away with a really great deal so that she could spend the rest of her time taking care of her husband. Mm. And usually in those circumstances, what you hear about are the, the term fire sale, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. And so to come out with that kind of outcome, wow. Congratulations, Julie. That, that is awesome. Um, 
Great work. Um, so let, let's let's talk about maybe how you work with a client. I mean, do you do you have an engagement uh, that's kind of open ended because you don't know where the journey is going to lead? I guess right. So so that's why I ask about how an engagement works. It is open-ended and I don't ask for a time commitment other than if, if, you know, I would requ- I would request, I would recommend uh, at least six months to mm-hmm. give it some time because it takes a while for results to occur. Um, but I would have to say that my, I've never had anybody less than a year. Um, my typical engagement lasts anywhere from two to five years because I become part of the team. Mm. And so um, there is an agreement about, you know, confidentiality, um, you know, keeping our commitments, things like that. And then, you know, uh, general description of the scope of the work, depending on what the owner wants, depends on their timeline and, and, um, and how large the company is and how much needs to be done. But generally we, we meet twice a month. Um, we sign an agreement and what they're going to pay me every month. And then I just become part of the team and we get them from where they are today to where they want to go. Hopefully that's the goal. Mm. That's kind of what it looks like. And, and there's, you know, there's structure to it too. That sounds kind of loosey goosey, but um, you know, I try to be as flexible as possible. Most of the time I'd have to say 95% of the time um, strategic planning is involved in this. So it isn't just exit planning because most business owners do not have a strategic plan. They have a, maybe, maybe have a business plan that they did for their banker, but business plans are more theoretical than really not tactical. And right. we want a strategic plan because when we have something like that in place, it actually increases the enterprise value of the company. Mm. You know, an outside buyer would look at that and go, okay, these people are really serious about taking this company to the next level. I want to see what their goals are. I want to see what they've done and where they're headed. So that's why we do that. Oh, now that's interesting. You say that because we hear again and again about having good financials and how that's like in, uh, a mandatory Absolutely. But but you've added something there I don't think I've heard a lot of people talk about, and that is having a strategic plan that's active and and regularly updated. That's part of that, um, getting the owner reengaged in their business, mm-hmm. that process. Yeah, so it, it's, it's funny how when we get a plan together and we start working together, we get the leadership team involved and, you know, people are accountable for different objectives, short-term, long-term. And it re-energizes everybody, and we feel like we're more part of a team. Um, it adds to the culture of the business. It, it just uh, it does re-energize, especially when we see results. And then, then it's not so bad after all. Maybe I want to hang in there for a while. I actually have owners who say that. <laughs> wow, this is actually really turning out great. I'm really glad that we're doing this. Maybe I don't want to sell right now. I just had an owner tell me that last week. It was kind of funny. I'm like, all right, well, let's just keep rolling. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So, um, is there any kind of urgency, whether it, it's, um, uh, the economy, uh, the, uh, shenanigans we have in Washington, uh, any kind of urgency that owners need to be aware of today that might influence their decision to sell? Well, um, there could be, depending on, uh, the tax laws and how things change, especially with capital gains. And, um, there's, there's, you know, 
different pieces of information that are out there. Nothing's been firmed up yet, but it sounds like there's going to be increases across the board. So for some owners, there are there is that is a sense of urgency for them um, to get things done before the laws change. And for others, they either don't want to or can't or aren't interested. They just, um, you know, they really want to hang in there for a while and, and grow the business and they've got goals and, and aspirations. And then there's others who they can't sell because there's a gap in value. Okay. So say, for instance, they really need a certain number to be able to maintain their lifestyle and move on. And they can't sell because there's a gap from what they need to sell their business for and what it's actually worth. So if I were going to give a piece of information to people out there listening, I would say, find out what your business is worth. And I don't recommend that you pay for a full-blown valuation unless you're in a position where you have to. I would recommend that you get um, maybe a broker's opinion of value from a business broker or investment banker, or you get like a baseline valuation from your accounting firm. Figure that out first, establish a really good relationship with a financial advisor and anything else that you know, uh, you got questions on or I can help you with, we'll be giving you my contact information. I'm happy to help out. Yeah, for sure. And, and one thing, again, back to your podcast, I mean, one of the things that struck me as I was listening to your uh, show and I mean, you, you have an interview style podcast as well, but a lot of your personality and your thought process comes through. And I think what business owners struggle with is I don't know who to trust, right? I don't know like how I'm I'm about to turn over the biggest decision of my life to someone. I don't know who to trust. And listening to your show is a great way to like get to know you, right? I mean, it, and have you found that's been helpful to your clients in their process of picking an advisor? It has uh, helped me and it's also helped my guests because mm. it's, um, you know, a benefit for both. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it definitely has given people a window on who I am and what I stand for. Um, but I also really truly believe in providing excellent content that really helps business owners make decisions on what they need to do and maybe who they even want to work with. Um, so, yeah, to answer that question for sure. Mm-hmm. does help. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Julie, this has been great and I could stay on and keep you occupied for a while, but I I probably need need to let you go on and uh, go uh, do some work for some folks. Um, So, but before we do that, I can't imagine that there aren't uh, folks that have listened to this that don't want to be in touch. So let's tell them how they can do that. Absolutely. Um, I think instead of spelling out my email address, because that might be a little bit harder to yeah, decipher, I think just poisedforexit.com. Let's just send people there. I have two websites. I have Key Strategies, and I also have Poised for Exit, and you can find one from the other. So um, both websites have downloadable resources and tools that are free, and the poisedforexit.com website has all the episodes from the show, so you can kind of scroll through and take a look at the topics, read the show notes and see what might be resonant with you that would help you out. That's what I'd recommend. Okay. Awesome. And then you can see me and sign up for a consult. 30 minute consult goes right to my calendar and we can chat. Awesome. And, yeah. and all this, um, a lot of these links folks will be in the show page. Uh, so, uh, if you're driving along, you can, uh, stop later and 
go go uh, hit hit the link and you'll find uh, a whole lot of links there. Uh, yeah. yeah, awesome. Uh, Julie Keys, uh, Key Strategies. Julie, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me, John. It was great. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hey, folks, just a, a quick reminder and a request. So if you um, like the show, and actually I'm going to say if you don't like me, that's not the point. <laughs> You've got to love our guests, though, okay? Because uh, it's not about me. It's not about Business Radio X. It's about our guest. And so what I'm asking you to do, if you would, is go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to the show. But better than that, give us a five-star review. Now, it's not about me. Again, it's not about our network. Um, it's about our guests because they deserve to be found. They do great work on behalf of business owners and the markets that they serve. And so you'd be helping Julie and all the other guests that we've had and will have on this show if you'll uh, do that for us. So um, there's my bold ask. If you could do that, we'd, we'd greatly appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, we are um, delighted to be in the Twin Cities market. If you want to communicate directly with me, you can go, you can, can email me, jray at businessradiox.com. And I was joking earlier, but if we're doing something wrong, tell me. Uh, if we're doing something right, tell me, but uh, help, help us out. And if you've got a great guest you'd love to send us, uh, we'd love to hear about it. And you can self nominate, folks. You can self nominate. So uh, don't be, <laughs> don't be shy. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so for my guest, Julie Keys, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on Minneapolis St. Paul Business Radio.